Oh, oh the colour pink. Um <clears throat> And welcome back to a very happy and joyous What the Fork Sunland review show that we promise will be full of the joys of spring, thanks to Sunland's excellent and well-deserved 2-0 win over Borough. The usual usual suspects will be joining me today. I'll get my words out in a minute. Um, I've only had one rum. Um, But firstly, and um, forcedly, I was going to say first and lastly, I don't know what I'm saying here. Firstly, Brad, how are we doing, mate? You all right? Yes, mate. Absolutely buzzing I am with that one. Um, we were just talking off air. I said, people think it's not a derby, but for me, where I live geographically, it is a derby for, for me. So I'm absolutely delighted with today's performance, today's result, and to see 30% of my friends crying and not updating anything on social media. Absolutely delighted. Get in. Ross? Um, if I can pull you away from your Chinese takeaway for just a moment, please. Um, how are you today? You all right? Hi, <laughs> buzzing. Um, not quite. I Brad. I only know two Borough fans: one who I work with, and one who works behind me local. So, either way, it's going to be a fun, a fun, fun couple of days. Just to, to be fair, they've been so smug in the build up because I think they got carried away with the wins. Um, but I overall just a. A brilliant day. Dave, uh, I think you might be the drunkest of them. I mean, you've warned us, you've pre-warned us, so here we go. But um, how are you on this fine Sunday evening? Made very well, just enjoying the fact that a couple of weeks ago that Ross told me that Middlesbrough's squad on paper was better than Sunland's, and I'm not having a single thing of it. (laughs) And so he's going to get over that, and I don't care what he's got to say. Keep him on mute. That's all I say. I can't believe you remembered that. Class. Excellent. Brilliant work. Because I forgot that he said that and I agreed with Ross, but now I don't agree with Ross. I think Ross is wrong. Um, ultimately, great day. Really, really sad that I missed it. I think most people would have seen. I've had a, a leaky ceiling. Um, and when I woke up this morning, about 20 minutes before me train, the ceiling looked like it was ready to cave in. So I'm absolutely devastated I've missed it, but um, I didn't let it take away from the enjoyment of... Being able to see things like Luke O'Neill co-comment, yeah, co-commentating for the first twenty minutes, which is was really funny. Not because of the things he said, like for example, he told people to go away from Ross Stewart, and that the only thing that he's bad at is golf. But I'll come back to you. As I said before, great win, little to complain about. Um, it's been a long old day. I've been up since five. I'm knackered, but um, we seem to play well and do good pods when I'm tired. So eight hours later, um, you've already said you're happy about it. But how much of a high are you still on? I'll be riding this highness for the next week, I think. Um, I think I said on in the chat, for me, I thought without scoring in the first half, arguably it was probably the most control we've had in the game. I think we were absolutely brilliant. Um, from minute one, everyone just seemed up for it. I think Mowbray has drove it into them that it maybe was a derby. And they just seemed to add that extra 5 or 10%. It was straight from the off. It was absolutely brilliant. Um <clears throat> I'd say the only thing missing from that first half performance for me was a, a goal, which was the we we would have deserved to go in leading at the break. I mean, Ross has had one chalked off, was offside. Ahmad's missed a sitter really. Um, 
keepers pulled off a good save towards the end, I would say. Ross has put one over the bar. We're getting in brilliant areas. We just dominated them. We just didn't even let them in the game. I think they had one shot, which is a great save from Patterson. Um, so it's like, I know sometimes derbies can be a, a, a cagey affair and you might nick a goal, but I just think we just controlled it from the start to finish. A really professional performance. I thought the fans were great. Um, yeah, it was just, it's, it's just, I think we're starting to get used to playing this really good football. It's starting to become like just the norm for us now. Um, and we should enjoy it while, 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 while it lasts. We can win, lose, or draw. Enjoy the football we're playing because it is an absolute joy to watch. And I think everyone now looks forward to going to games. And I have noticed that the, 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 the attendances seem to be creeping higher and higher weekly and they're not really dropping off. And I think the people who are starting to come now and come back they're starting to see a very good team. They want to see more. And we did say at the start of the season that that will happen if we get in a good position. And look, that wouldn't be surprised if we keep getting over 40,000 every week now. It's just great to watch. Yeah, I mean, it was really entertaining today. I hate saying stuff like it sounded great on the telly because obviously I've got a season ticket, but as I touched on before, where I couldn't go, I tried my best to kind of watch the atmosphere from afar, which I don't normally get the chance to do. I don't normally get to watch a, a match on the telly in that because I'm normally part of it um, but the atmosphere was class like from from the start you felt like not like they were building up on the telly like Sunderland and Borough up for the derby but it wasn't that it was just like Sunderland kind of have a belief the fans have a belief in the team again and um, I think I mean they're talking about it today I think Duncan was discussing it and they were saying like what, you know how is Sunderland not in the playoffs because every time they're on Sky, they play really well. And Doggerman was like, well, they've missed Ross Stewart for like 13 games and Ellis Sims missed about 11 of them. And it really made me think today, like when all our front four are like fully fit, didn't even have Pritchard today. But Diallo, Roberts will come further on to them too because cheat code at them at points them too. Um, but like even Clark, when he's not on form, and he, I don't think he's been very good recently, he still adds something. And that front four is like, it worries people and we can feel like, remember when we had Quinn and Phillips and you could feel that other teams feared we had Quinn and Phillips and the quality that was going in the box. I know it's a different level because we're talking Premier League and comparison to the championship, but you can see championship teams are concerned by that front four and that's without Pritchard even being part of it, who was arguably our best creative player last season. Um, but without kind of waxing out too much, Ross, because I don't want to kind of chuck loads of like, Superlatives on Sunderland for us just to get beat next week. Um, based on today, Ross, we we were excellent, weren't we? And one, once again, we're in nearly February now, and we've still not really not competing in every game. We're still in Borough, damn good team. Let's not deny it; they're a really good team. We've been a great one of form. We made them look incredibly ordinary today. Yeah, I thought our some of our one touch passing and moving was fantastic today, and um, we pressed really high as well, which was good. We didn't let them get comfortable at all. To be fair, the Borough's only spell was when they actually, I think we we didn't know how to really deal with the extra man at times for like 10 minutes. Uh, but once we adapted to that, I think we were spot on. Um, But like you see, you mentioned Robertson Diallo there. I've never seen a partnership grow so quickly on the pitch and they've just got telepathic understanding where they are. Um, We've got the, the younger players that you can tell now getting used to playing in the championship, especially Dan Neil, who, let's be honest, since Christmas has been the best midfielder in the league, from what I've seen. 
obviously I, I just watched the highlights for a lot of the games, but and I watch I watched Burnley the other night, and I just like the the good team Burnley going forward, but in midfield at his age to dominate the game, and also once he went deeper in Corey Evans' role, which obviously was a shame to see Evans get injured. At the start of the season, we were all saying, like, oh, he's too slow on the ball, he gets caught in that. I thought he was even better. He just totally dictated it for me. And um, I, I, it's just great to see it. You see, you mentioned how young the team is. I think I've seen some of the, the average age is 24 or something. And then when Evans went off, and we had to replace him with Michu, who was, like, 19. It went down even more to, like, 20, 21 or something, 22, which is it's just class. And uh, I think... I think now we're starting to see that. Keep keep Ross Stewart fit, get another striker in or two, and maybe another central midfielder. I think we've got a squad more than capable of uh, pushing for the playoffs because we're we're th- <laughs> it's so tight. We're, I read some. I think we're three points off third, but then also three points off. Is it thirteen for something? So it's just about who can hold the nerve now and put a run together. And I think we've got a squad capable of doing that. And our home form's picking up as well. Take away Swansea because that was a total anomaly. Because I think eleven v eleven we win that game, um, but we've picked up our home form and our away form has been fantastic all season. So we said this after the Blackburn game. We even used even said it after the Blackpool game. Even we drew. There was nothing to fear in this t- in this league at all. Even on our bad days, we seem to nearly get a point or pick up three points, scraping by, you know. And let's see, we've got we've, the attack we've got fears any defense in this league. I mean, if we're saying that the playoffs are anyone underneath Burnley and Sheffield United, basically, because I think them two are going to walk it. They're just too far ahead now. Um, you would arguably say before the game that Borough are probably on form the third or fourth best. If they're the third or fourth best, I thought we were. And, and I know they're complaining about the red card. We'll, we'll get on to it. And I know they're complaining about the, the penalty and all that. But arguably, we could have been 2 3 0 up at half time. And, and like I, I don't care what anyone says. Like I try to be balanced, but like if you think that someone shouldn't have been in front at half time, then you're watching the wrong game. We were far in control. Um, but if Borough's the best this league has got to offer outside of Burnley and Sheffield United, then let's go to Wembley again. Like let's go for the playoffs. Why not? Maybe I'm on a high. And if like I said it, I said it before. If we don't, like fair enough. It's all right. Um. But we won that game today with that Pritchard, who imagine if we'd said last season we'd, we'd win a game without Corey Evans for the bulk of it, Pritchard and Bailey Wright. Imagine if we said we'd beat one of the best sides in the league comfortably without like basically our spine from last season. Um, and there's no circuit in there either. They've still got loads of injuries. 09 wasn't playing today, who's arguably one of our better players this season. So many players missing today, and yet we're still just so comfortable. Um, Dave. Obviously, by the way we're talking, it was an impressive performance. Obviously, by the way I'm talking, I've had a little bit too much rum, but um, I pass on to a man who's a little bit more drunker than me. But what impressed you most about today's win? Because ultimately, it was really impressive. But what was the most impressive thing for you? Um, probably, probably the control that we had in the game. Um, just really, really, yeah. Listen, I, I said it. And it'd be interesting to know who laughed at me and who thought, I'll tell you what, bloke's an absolute joke. But I said probably a month, six weeks ago, on paper, and I include Burnley and Sheffield United in this, just because they're not recognised names, our front line is better than anything else in the league. 
and I stand by it. It's genuinely, in terms of depth, like you've just said, Pritchard wasn't in there today, had no chance of playing through injury. And he would get in that team. How many championship clubs would he actually get into? Probably quite a few, to be honest. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, the control of it. I was, first 15 minutes, I saw it. And it. you sometimes wish you were a fly on the wall in, in dressing rooms for team talks, half times, little bits of advice and stuff. And one thing I was quite impressed with was even though we didn't we didn't give up the way that we played football. It was clear that Tony Mowbray had told them in the first 15 minutes, don't take the extra touch on the ball. Move the ball quickly. Get it out your feet. Because ultimately, if they get on top of you, if they smash you in the first five minutes, they're going to be well up for it. And they didn't get near us. And I think you tweeted it, or you might have put it in our, in our group. The worst we played was when we went 1-0 up and they went down to 10 men. We had a 15-minute spell, which ultimately should never have happened because numerically we had the advantage. So other than that 15 minutes, and other than the fact that we're still very gung-ho, which is quite exciting as a fan, if you can if you can switch off from the fact that you might concede the odd goal and stuff, which I'm all for. Listen, I'd rather see attacking football. Good friend of the show, Bowers. He, he loves keeping a clean sheet. I'm, I'm, all for, I'm all for scoring seven. I couldn't give a shit if the opposition score five as long as we get three points. Um, but yeah, I think, <laughs> ironically, phone's just gone off and it's Bowers mentioning it. <laughs> Unbelievable scenes. He's heard us. Hi, Renee. Um, <laughs> he's got the old Ouija board out. Um, uh, do, the, you, do you need a Ouija board to connect with you? No, can I just text you? <laughs> no, mate. No, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the, I'm all about the supernatural. Are you Especially dead? after a beer, I'm, I will be after tonight. I tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, just really enjoyed it, and and I like the the bits about Agilessi today about how he's had one training session in five weeks. Uh cleared probably at. I'm plucking figures from the air, but 75% put himself through the ringer just for the club. Listen, Jesus Christ, just having players who want to play for the football club, it's absolute bliss. And yeah, for as much as me and you, I've definitely been vocal and opinionated in the in the the new model and stuff like that. And I still stand by the odd opinion that I have on it. Listen, I think if someone like that falls foul of a big ego or a bad attitude or something like that, he gets replaced with someone else who won't have that big ego and bad attitude. And if this is what it produces, then I'm all for it, to be fair. Yeah, 100%. I mean, not like me to be opinionated, Dave, but, uh, you know, you know me. Very humble. Um, But no, like, I agree. Like, you know, I've, I've been the first to kind of, discuss the model at length and, and kind of pick holes in it occasionally, but I cannot really fault the players that have came on, um, which brings me wonderfully on to someone I wanted to talk to you, Brad. One player that I thought maybe wasn't going to work out this season um, has now impressed me in two games, uh, Corey Evans. Again, I want to go back to the fact that like there's been points where we've said we need a replacement for Corey Evans, and I still stand by that. But 
two games now where we played with like Corey Evans for the bulk of it and Edward Michu and his PS his PSV. Oh, he hasn't got PSV shinies, he's got PSG shinies. Uh came in to replace him. And I know not everyone agrees with me on this, but I thought he was outstanding today, Brad. I thought um I actually thought he got stuck in and I thought he showed his metal a bit and he's beginning to look like the player we might have hoped we might have got hold of here, Brad, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Um I think he's one of maybe three or four you could say really stood out today. He came on after 10 minutes, maybe he's a little bit good. He maybe didn't get a start. Um, young lad wants to be playing every game, obviously. But when he came on and Dan Neal played that little deeper role, that little more Corey Evans role, and let Mishu just have the freedom to do what he pleased. And I don't think anyone took the ball off him. He, he drove forward well. He released it when he should. Um, he, he pressed quite high up at times as well. When Ross Stewart went on the press, Misha wasn't too far behind him. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was excellent. I mean, I think we said, was it against Wigan? I, I, I think he played really well then. Maybe he's had a bit of a dip against Blackpool, but we mitigate that with the early yellow card he had. But when he's having a, a little... <clears throat> he's having more and more time in the team now, and we're starting to see a player, and I mean, Moberg said it for months since he signed, He's a really good technical footballer. He just needs to bide his time. His time will come and he'll get his chance and he'll show the fans what he's all about. That time's now for me. Um, I mean, look, would you drop Corey Evans to say, right, we'll keep Mishu and Dan Neal? Probably not, depending on who we're playing. But I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, I wouldn't look at the team sheet and go, oh, Evans is out. Evans out the team and he brought Mishu in. Because he's one of these lads who are on the fringes who are now getting the opportunity and they're taking it. They are taking the chances. And it is great to see. And again, you have spoke about the model. Big shout out this season for me has got to go to the recruitment team. We're seeing these players that maybe weren't ready at the start of the season. But no, I'm not a turncoat, Dave. <laughs> Dave's just put in the chat, I'm a turncoat against Corey. I've always said Corey Evans is a fantastic player. Um. Yeah, I, I, they're getting the chance and they're taking it. And if these lads were to get a start ahead of some of the more experienced ones now, you you wouldn't really be too worried about it. And like I just said, shout out to the recruitment team because they've picked these some of these players from really good academies, really, and probably weren't going to break through there, but they have got something about them, and we're paying peanuts. And we're we're going to see the rewards from them. I'm going to let you talk now because I can see you all laughing. <laughs> <laughs> we're just happy. What can I say? Um, you're right though. Like, I'll always stand by what what I think, and obviously, I still think we need a striker. Still think we need a couple of players. Um, I still think we should give Ross Stewart 100 grand a week. But like, when it comes to the players that picked up, there's been undoubted success. Another player that I wasn't too sure whether it was going to work out today. And I'll, I'll throw this one to you, Ross, once I've made me a little statement of how much I absolutely love the Linfield Lom, um, Mr. Tri Hume. I think, again, he was absolutely outstanding. And I just think the former Tri Hume shows how much power there is within a moustache. Um, I think that's the most important thing to look at here, that since he's grown that moustache, he's turned into Philip Lom. Um, on a serious note, though, I think he's been... I think he was excellent again today on the right-hand side, and then he switched to the left-hand side. I loved that 
I love the fact that occasionally he was kind of playing defensive mid. I don't know if anyone noticed that. He kind of just drifted in the middle and it was like, that's what Man City do, <laughs> not like Sunderland. Um, and certainly not, you know, 19, 20-year-old boys from from Linfield who've played in the, the Northern Irish League most of their career. But um, there was a couple of times when he came in, look, like Burnley second half, he, he got mullered. Um, Rotherham last season when he came in randomly, he got mullered a little bit then as well. But the past, well, since probably Birmingham, I think he's been absolutely excellent. And for me... <clears throat> He's, he's our right back at the minute, and I don't think he can be replaced. Um, the question I'm going to throw to you, Ross, is which player stood out for you most? Because I think everyone's got their own man in the match. But for me, it, w- it was Trihume today, and I think it was for a lot of people, uh, which is unusual, really, because tries a right back uh, or a left back or a right wing uh, right wing back or left wing back. He's, he's not a player when you've won a game and you've been offensively very good. That should stand out. But I just think he's been excellent. Like and I think since Birmingham, he's been every game and every minute he's played, he's been almost untouchable. I don't know if it's confidence that's going to his game. That is like, yeah, I do belong at this level because some of the tackles he puts in. I mean, do I need to go back to the tackle on James McLean? That's a beauty. That hang it in the Louvre for me, like the Louvre, the Louvre, the Louvre, the Louvre, where um, the woman that cries is. What's she called again? Mona Lisa. That's it. Put it in there. Um, but I honestly think try has been one of our best players over the, maybe the past five, six weeks. And I think Ian, he fully deserves his place on the side. And I think anyone who can play right back, be that uh, Gooch, be that Luke O'Neill, be that even Bailey Wright, who came on today at right back. Um, I think that's Trihume's place to lose. But um, someone just said, Brad just said they would clap his own mother if it was a 50-50 for the last slice of bread to make a toasty. I 100% agree with that. Um, some of his tackling's class. Do you know what I love about his tough tackling? All his good tackles are good tackles. They're just bloody hard. Um, and I've got tons of time for that. But um, try. I'm sure you're not listening. But if you are, I, I love you, mate. Uh, Ross, who was? Uh, I've had far too much room. Ross, who was your standout? Because I know we've all got different opinions, and the best thing is all eleven of them and the subs were class today. I can't pick a fault in any of them. Um, try was my standout. If I had to pick one, but who was yours? I I couldn't pick between three to be honest. Try Hume definitely won, like you say, since the Birmingham game, since the the World Cup break, he's he's made it his own that position. Um, he's been fantastic. He seems to be much more assured on the ball now as well, and I think he, he he's just more relaxed. He seems at ease at this level. Um, I thought Dan Ballard and Danny Barth next to them as well were solid. You know, everyone forgets that you know we brought Ballard in this season and we were looking really good with them as a two before Ballard's brought his foot and they just they just look like they played together all season um, but then as well Paddy Roberts I think he, uh, he was sensational today and he's been sensational a lot of a lot of this period since Christmas again Ahmad's getting all applauded because of the goal in that but the, 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 for the penalty the ball by Roberts Outside of his foot, like on the on the half volley, through through Stewart was unbelievable, and then he then creates a space for Amat to go into and gives him the ball. Okay, there's a lot to do for the finish, but I just think down that right hand side today were just a constant threat and more solid, and it really like they just didn't really get into the game in attack sense either because Hume was so solid, and when even when Hume went forward, Ballard would be moving across 
and coming everything. I thought it was just a, a well-oiled machine today, defensively and defensively. And I just thought, um, just thought that we, other than that, like see that ten minute spell where we, we were like shit. We've got an extra, we've got an extra man here. What do we do? I thought it was just, it was like watching a team that, a good championship team that knew what they were doing in a big game. Do you know when you're talking about Roberts and Ahmad? What I said to the lad I go to the games with, I was stupid today. I said watching them though, right? It's like when you're back at school. And do you know when the two year 11s used to go on the Astro at dinner time and play against like the year eights? And the two year 11s just kept the ball no matter how many times you all, you put another five or six year eights to start chasing them. And then they'd ask the year sevens to join in and they just could not get the ball off them. It just reminds me of that. It's a joke how good them two are together. I've said before about um, Roberts and Ahmad, and I want to give something that's more of like a all-rounded, um, nicer-sounding thing than what I always say, but they just take the piss. Like, and it's really nice to see players just having fun. Um, I, I, Diallo's, by the way, can we please discuss Diallo's reaction when we got the penalty and uh, Dale Fry got the red card? Like, I Outstanding. That's just... I was. I was in the north stand and honestly, he just ran towards us and he's just giving it the big licks in it. Oh, he loves it, man, doesn't he? Absolutely loves it. And I think it's good for like players like Robert and Ahmad. We're talking about two players who, before they joined Sunderland, were totally written off due mm-hmm. to the previous loan spells that they'd had. Ahmad had went to Rangers and had a tough time, didn't get a chance, to be honest. But when he did do get a chance, I don't think he really did himself justice. Robert has been put all over the place on loan after his Celtic success. And he just couldn't find a home. And now they've both come to Sunderland, found a home, they're playing really good football, meeting the potential, and they're absolutely loved by our fan base. And to them, it just it must just be a really good feeling to be able to showcase what they can do on a big stage and feel the love for it at the same time. There's sometimes, like, like normally there's certain silence that I'd laugh my head off at. Like, I think someone um, suggested Deli Ali the other day, and I was like, shut up, man. But when I really thought about it, I was like, well, we've reinvented every other player, so we might as well. We might as well just do another one. Um, on a serious note, I don't know if that one would work out, but I think it's that's also a massive testament to Alex Neal, first and foremost, for what he did with the club in, in League One, Brad shaking his head. But, um, you know, more so Tony Mowbray. I, I honestly, I'm so pleased I'm where I'm at in saying this because I never thought I would be. But Sunderland would not be playing as good as football and we would not be where we are if we didn't have Tony Mowbray slash Alex Neal was still in charge. I'm hugely thankful to what Alex Neal did. And I think a lot of people listen to the podcast during those periods and I rate him as a manager an awful lot. I'm not throwing my toys at the pram because he left us for Stoke. That's his decision. It's up to him. He's got his own reasons. But I think um, I think if we were at this point in the season, especially with it losing the two strikers, I think Alex Neal would have been making noises in the press about how, well, we didn't sign enough strikers, so on and so forth. Mobis just kind of got on with it, talked about how great the club is, how big the potential is, how far we can go, how great the players are. I mean, for how many weeks was he saying Patrick Roberts was the best player in the league when he wasn't actually playing them? So he's trying his best to give him confidence. And you might think that might be the wrong thing to do and think, oh, why wasn't he playing? I think even we said that. But when he's came back, he's getting like, I mean, that pass for Roscoe's penalty, by the way, like technically for yes. me, that's two assists because he's got, he's, he's won us the penalty essentially with the pass. And then the second pass was just, I mean, 
for, for me, I thought Patrick Roberts would come and be all fart and no shite. I'll be completely honest with you. And he's just not, he's he's an outstanding footballer and a really likable kid as well. Um, I love watching players that seem to just love their football, Ross, and Patrick Roberts is. And, and for me, he's one of the first teams on the team sheet. It's been ages since I've had a player where when he gets the ball, I kind of get excited. Like, don't get me wrong, McGeady was one of them, but we're talking like League One. Um, that's not McGeady's fault. That's just where we're at. Prior to that, maybe Sessegnon. Um, and now I've got two that really excite me, which is Diallo and, and um, Patrick Roberts. But, like, what happens when Jack Clark gets back on form? <laughs> like, what happens when Pritchard comes back? You've got players there that are really exciting players. And I think, um, you, you know, Ross, you were someone who were quite on board with Tony Mowbray, as was Brad. I was probably the one that wasn't too sure at the start and was very much like, oh, I just wish we kept Alex Neal. Um, we've said it a few weeks before. I'm asking a question I've asked recently, but how much credit needs to go to Tony Mowbray? I massively. Um, I think as times he has been maybe a bit naive, but that's the same as every manager at this level, I think. You know, and he's, he's he, like you say, you mentioned the cards he's been dealt with the strikers. You know, when was when when has he had a fully back, fit back four to choose from as well? Like never since he's been here. So it's been absolute credit to him. And what the the main thing is for me as well is you can tell by his coaching, players were improving, and that that's on the training pitch. That's with the coaching staff and his methods. He's the head coach, so he's got to take credit for that. Um, and he's very. Adaptable as well, you know, how many different systems and formations we played this season whilst keeping the philosophy exactly the same, but just being a bit more adaptable. And uh, I, I really think he's uh, he's enjoying it as well. Like, he seems to be having a laugh. He's got good camaraderie with the air press. He just seems like he's got a good relationship and he knows the, the model. So he's, he's bought into that. I just think for where we're at as a football club and what we're trying to do, it's been a great fit so far and long may continue. Did you see his um because obviously he was at the game, but did you see uh his post match? So he's he's pre he's pre match when they give him a box of celebrations. And they were like, if you can guess what sweet it is, we'll give you the full box. So like he picked out a bounty, looked at it, and was like, Oh, you're never gonna catch me out on my uh on my celebrations. I know them far too well. And he's like, Oh, do you want the box? And he was like, Yeah, I'll share it between the staff. And I'm just like it's like the worst crack, but also the best at the same time. <laughs> it's like, but he's likable. Ultimately, is you know we're laughing about stuff like that, but he is likable. Like, and trust me, it was going to take a lot for me to turn around and say like we're better off with Tony Mowbray than we are Alex Neil. Anyone who listens to this podcast will know I was borderline obsessed with Alex Neil and the way that he he was and the way that he spoke. Um, but I honestly think we're in a better place because of, because of Tony Mowbray. I think he's been the natural progression and the next step. Dave, um, maybe we always talk about negative, but I can't really. So let's have the one talking point. Borough fans are going absolutely acker um, about Ross Stewart getting fouled when he was the last man. Um, and apparently it wasn't a penalty. Um, I can understand it being an argument, I guess. But um, what what was your thoughts on it, Dave? Was it a pen? Was it a red card? Football and cliches, isn't it? Football and cliches, football and gods. We've had our fair share of shocking decisions for 
well, listen, let's say this season alone, let alone the abyss that we've had in League One. So, mate, mate last week was like enough. Exactly, you know, and and something. So, I will go into a negative. Not that I want to be, and it, it's. Listen, I'm comfortable with where we're at. I'm comfortable if we don't get into the playoffs. I dare to dream. I do dare to dream. But football cliches. Yeah, you've just, you just banged out the 2014, <laughs> haven't you? Exactly, man. Um, so listen, when when you're a fan of your own club, when you are so passionate about everything, and I totally understand that because I'm like that myself. But put the shoe on the other foot. That happens to Burra. That happens to Chupper Akbomb. Are they crying about the fact he hasn't been sent off? Are they crying about the fact they haven't got a penalty? They are, and I don't give a shit how many flares they throw at buses on the year 19 or whatever. <laughs> I couldn't give a flying fuck. Sorry, you've got to edit that out now, aren't you? No, I'm leaving it. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't care less. That's how it works. And ultimately, in five games' time, when they're playing some crock of shit from the championship because they're not going to play anyone better than us this season, then they're going to cry about it or they're going to be on the referee side because they've made the decision for them. And that's that's fair play. That's just how football works. I've got so many points, sorry. But you were talking about Mowbray earlier and I was with you. Like, I wasn't inspired by Mowbray coming in. Ah, I've done a full circle. Like, I'm totally with him. I'm behind him. And that's probably because of the model and how we're playing football. You don't and, mean and a, you don't mean literally behind him, like he's not in front of the camera, is he? Well, miss whatever. <laughs> However, I'm, I'm up for anything. I've had a I've had a beer or two. I'm up for anything. Hi, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> They're flourishing because he's not putting any shackles on them. He's just letting them go out. <laughs> I you you a face on this. I, I know it's just an audio podcast for all this lot, but I've got to look at your reactions as I'm speaking. <laughs> and you just, you've got me in bits here. And I tell you what, as they kept alluding to on, on Sky Sports today, for a team to come up and not only consolidate, but to be actually challenging and playing a brand of football that people are noticing nationwide, and yet, all you black and whites and all you flipping smoggies can go, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, genuinely, people are taking notice of how we play football. And I'm all for it. Just the fact that we've got a bit of identity back, the fact that we've got a little bit of swagger. And this is something I said while we were in League One, when we all first started on this journey. Like, if we have players who have got a bit of a swagger, a bit of a chip on the shoulder, a bit of something to prove, that turn up to work, day in, day out, and prove to the rest of the country, the rest of the world, if you want, listen, I'm here, it's a big club, I'm getting noticed, I've got a chance to do something and people to take notice of me. Patrick Roberts, absolute, like my man of the match today by a country mile, absolute country mile. And yeah, as a fan, I'm all for it. Absolute bliss. I just want to point out that at no point you've answered the question I asked you. Mate, to be honest, I'm forgetting it. <laughs> I've, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm totally forgetting it. I was like, what I, through. I was like, I don't think you've actually answered the question. 
I'm enjoying but... this competition we've got. Who can be the drunkest on a podcast this season? <laughs> Dave's coming very close to my boxing the antics here. Very close. So, Brad, I've got a couple more to go. Um, obviously, one before I ask everyone a similar question. Ross Stewart, again, probably missed two chances today that he'd normally put in the back of the net. Um, however, even though he missed the penalty, he's missed it inevitable. I can't believe I said that word um, without actually getting it wrong. But Ross Stewart, again, another goal. He keeps scoring. Um, and yet, for some reason, people still don't really really rate him. Uh, I've seen a Borough fan today saying he looked lumbering and clumsy or something like that, which is just wild. But um, for me, he's the best striker in the league, Brad. And uh, I believe the stats probably back that up. What What were your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Um I've got a few friends who are both fans who've actually said, I don't see why you rate Ross Stewart so much. He wasn't that wasn't that good. And like, well, he won the penalty and he ran your back line all over the place. <laughs> I mean, first half, he's put one over the bar, he's had one disallowed. Um, and then second half, he's won the pen and he was left, right, dropping deep. You just couldn't touch him. I don't know what type of football you would like to watch, but that's not it. But don't like Ross Stewart being the best striker in the championship. I mean, He's three goals off the top scorer in this division. Three goals. And he's missed 14 games of the 28 we've played, or 13 of them. Um, and I was looking at some stats earlier. In the whole of England, out of every, everyone who's played over 10 games, he's second to have a goals, a game, a goals per game ratio. There's only Haaland that's better. And if other opposition fans want to keep underestimating them, let that continue. I just hope all the other clubs underestimate him and they don't come in for him because he was, again, <laughs> he wasn't absolutely outstanding today, but he wasn't anything below a seven. He was everywhere. And you, we just look at a totally different team when Ross Stewart's in the team. A totally different side. We've just got different outlets. I mean, I'm adding Roberts can walk the ball through them, but we've always got Ross Stewart that we know is going to be in the box or he's going to be sniffing around and... I mean, that's got to put the shits up with the defenders. It really has. I mean, they're trying to stop two of the most creative and trickiest footballers in the division. And then if they manage, if, if they manage to push them wide or not let them come inside on the favoured left, knowing that they're going to have to put someone or two men on Ross Stewart because the ball's going to come into him, it's brilliant. And like I just said, he's three goals behind top scorer. I mean, the top scorer played for Berwick today and I don't think he had a shot. He didn't, I don't even think he got a touch within 20 yards of our goal because we were excellent. And the top scorer in the league is playing for Middlesbrough and we've got Ross Stewart. Who would you rather have? It's absolute no-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. The only one I think that gets close to him for me is Jock Perez. Yeah. yeah. Jock Perez was brilliant up here for Coventry. But again... That was at the start of the season. We, we we didn't. I think it took us a while to settle into the championship. And once we have, I think, I see every game, even the games we've lost, we've been in every game. And last week was a total anomaly because I said earlier, eleven v eleven for them first fifteen minutes. We we're pressing them so high, we we're passing them around. They just couldn't get out, and it just it's a real shame that now we we should <laughs> we should be level with. We could be third tonight if we if that red card didn't happen last week. I know it's all if buts and maybes, but like for everything, the setbacks that we've had and then the missed opportunities with like the red card, we, we, we're doing really well. And I honestly think if we can get a, 
few more signings in this next week or so. Get everybody back fit. There's no reason why this squad cannot put a good run together and challenge the playoffs. Brad, Ross, Dave, I didn't I haven't done this this season. I, I changed it, but I think it might be a good question to end on. Um, so I used to say at the end of every podcast last year, what does the result mean in the context of Sunderland's season? And we didn't do it this season because realistically we didn't know what the season was going to be. We just hoped it would be like some kind of like boring consolidation. As it is, you know, nearly in February, it's been really good. It shows that we are level, if not better, than the teams we are chasing in one-off games. And with a bit more consistency and a fully fit squad, we've got nothing to fear in the race of the playoffs. Brad, same same question for you, mate. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the context for me, it means a heck of a lot because I've got bragging rights and in inverted commas. Um <laughs> It's like what I said, it, it just shows what we can do against teams that are in and around us. Now, I think coming off the back of that disappointment last week and bouncing back like we have today, um, if you ask me the same question, come the next two league games, I'll have a definitive answer. Because I mean, we've got the, the cup game next week, then we've got Millwall away, followed by Redden at home. And if we could pick up four to six points off them two games, Bear in mind the transfer window are being closed. These players that Morvey said on the fringes of being fit again will be back. We'll know what our squad is. And we'll have had two more league games, one away where we play well against the team that's up there with us and against Redden who are shite, really. If we can get four to six points, I think in them two or three games following this cup break, the league is starting to go and take shape and there will be little gaps. And if we're in, in, in and around there, that result today we'll look back on and say, that's the moment that we thought, right, we are genuine playoff contenders and that's how I feel at the minute. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that as well. Um, we've talked the word playoffs for a little while and sometimes it felt like, yeah, well, that would be nice. Now I think like if we don't at least try and go for it, it's probably a missed opportunity. I think we've got, for me, I think we're in the top six best teams in this league. I could be wrong with that. Maybe it's a statement that I shouldn't make in in January, but the review show, the reaction shows for how you feel, no matter how many rooms you've had. Um, Dave, I'll leave you with a final word, which terrifies me, if I'm honest, um, at the moment. But um, what does the result mean in the context of Sunderland season? And remember, short, succinct, and uh, do, it, do it in a sentence. And answer the question that he's asked you. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I think uh, you've summed it up with short and succinct. So, to be honest, just echoing what the three of you have said, like, there's no fear. I I don't even worry going to Burnley and being absolutely annihilated. I don't worry about playing Sheffield United and getting annihilated. And do I think we're in the top six in the division? Yeah. There's nothing else that worries me. So why not? I think the problem that there could be people in the boardroom who are like, oh, shit, we're not ready for this. We're four seasons ahead of ourselves here. We're not ready for this. Not ready for this. Can I put a big shout out as well, though, to whoever decided at the PA? to play the dance version of um, 
best on it. Heaven is a place on earth, and everyone was jumping up and down to Ross Stewart <laughs> as the best on earth at the end. It was absolutely mint. Sorry for jumping in your gun there, Dave. Just, just yeah, continue. Because, because that's he is. all right. I that's think all right, mate, so I'll get over it. I think Dave, <laughs> Dave, Ross, Graham, and Brad have collectively agreed that we're going to win the playoffs. So I think it's best place to leave it. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm all up for it. I'm going to pretend that I haven't tried to do this um, ending three times um, and have to edit it horrendously. But then um, Brad, Ross, <laughs> Dave, thank you very much for joining me. Onwards towards the playoffs. And uh, another another Trafalgar Square Wembley podcast. Hopefully we might be a little bit giddy, but um, you're allowed to do that when you're a football fan. Sometimes it's not always as good. So enjoy yourself, lads. Thanks for joining me. Pleasure, mate. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Cheers, thank mate. you very much. Where are the lads?